It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to another exciting week here on TNT in the morning. Got a lot going on around the Plains. Auburn softball started off 5-0 last weekend. They're battling Wisconsin right now. Auburn baseball's first pitch is quite literally here in 30 seconds. And Auburn men's and women's basketball, well, they had two completely different weeks. Men's, they are on a roll. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk all this and more right here on TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM. Good morning, good morning, happy Friday, welcome to TNT on, in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host Harrison Tarr, joined as always by Thomas Lynn Murphy. We're joined today by our good friend Noah Griffith. Noah, how are you today, buddy? What's up? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm D- doing well. Dude, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us your, t- your time today. I know that uh, you're a very, very busy man, very popular man around here. So, <laughs> he, Noah really carved out the time to talk to us today. Right. That's yeah. I, I can't believe you decided to come on this program <laughs> of all. But uh, I hate that I just called I'm it a program. to be here, man. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you on. We're gonna we're gonna talk to you a little bit about your work with the Auburn Plainsman here in a minute. But we're gonna we're gonna kick off with some some Auburn news going on this week. First off, let's let's get the basics out of the way. Thomas Lynn Murphy. Happy Friday. It is February eighteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Coming to you live from our studio here in the Melton Student Center, per usual. And uh, it's kind of a nasty day out, guys. Uh, yesterday was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened. It's gotten cold all of a sudden, but to make up for it, we got softball and baseball today. So sure do, and looks like I mean, it looks like it's beautiful where softball is playing. So down in Clearwater, down in St. Pete. I yeah. mean, we had a beautiful weekend here last weekend for softball. So we sure did. You and I got to take in a couple ball games last last weekend, hang out, worked worked the Sunday game together. That was a little chillier than we yeah. would have wanted, but uh, it was. But I mean, it was still like. A bright sunny day, good for softball. Still so. felt right to be back at the yeah, ballpark. It, it, exactly, it, my life felt like it was it, it was whole again. You know, it's like it was a, a good cleanse. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, Auburn softball, let's let's talk about them for a minute, man. I mean, yeah. wow, <laughs> we kind of thought that this team was going to be meh, middle of the road, mid, as the kids say now. <laughs> um, Five and zero start. It doesn't matter who you're playing, uh, you know. And and they were playing St. John's and uh, Seton Hall, and uh, obviously uh, an ex- a satellite extension campus of University of Massachusetts. But regardless, this team impressed me last week, guys. Yeah. Yeah, they're starting off really good, and now they're taking care of business against Wisconsin. So they've moved up into the top twenty-five with the number twenty-five ranking of the week, and hopefully they can just keep the hot streak going and. Make some ways in this tournament that is stacked with some very talented teams. And Auburn's going to have their hands full um, in this in the, in the remainder of this tournament. The fact that right now at the, the score update I gave you guys was just five nothing. Top of the second Auburn. I mean Auburn could run rule this game. Uh, very very well could happen against Wisconsin. They took care of business seven one against Texas Tech yesterday, and uh, they're they're taking on number nine Texas this afternoon. So there's going to be your really good benchmark. Uh, and, but I forgot to lead this in the in the intro. Out of nowhere, the Tigers are ranked number 25 in the country. Um, I feel like it's a young team, a lot of freshmen. Um, that's one advantage of playing the teams they did last weekend. And now seeing the, like you said, the elevated competition this weekend. Um, 
they got those players some experience. That's going to be valuable um, going forward. And really, we're going to see what this team is made up this weekend. If they get out of this weekend with three with three out of those five three wins out of five games, I think it's a success, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, I I think that's that's going to be impactful. Just for a minute, guys, uh, Thomas Lynn, I don't know if you had a minute uh, an opportunity to to take a look at any stats, but Bree Ellis is just different. I mean, she's different, bro. Uh, this uh, game game played five games played four starts. She has three homers and four starts. Unless she just dropped another homer that I missed. I know there was a solo blast that I didn't see. It was not her. I, th- I think it was from Michaela Packer. Um, That's who, three for her, by the way. That is three for her as well. So, um, but Bree Ellis is just different, man. I mean, her OPS right now is is a very you know very chill one point one nine seventeen. Her slugging percentage is six forty three. Uh, On base percentage is four thirty eight. Her batting average is a cool four twenty nine coming into the Wisconsin game. Um, I mean, these numbers. I mean, it's the beginning of the season, and they're going to re- calm down and 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 you know get to a consistent point. But I mean, bro, Noah, were you there? Was it the maybe in the Sunday game? It was the UMass Sunday game. She took one off the scoreboard. Oh yeah, when I yeah when when you and I literally as soon as that went off the bat, you heard me in the box go, "That was a nuke." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she hit the scoreboard dead center. Jeez. The scoreboard is a good 12, 13 feet behind the wall. Right. Oh yeah. It was, a, and she hit midway up the scoreboard. What year is she? She a freshman or She's sophomore? A freshman. She's a freshman. Jeez. Freshman uh, catcher, right? Yes. They've got some talent coming in, so, so the you, future is bright. They're getting back to where they used to be. You, you heard it here first, folks, on TNT in the morning. I, I am ready to declare Brie Ellis different. <laughs> Built different. She's I'm, just different. I'm excited to see what she can do against like. Teams like UCLA this weekend, um, that was in the NCAA tournament last year. I'll tell you, the best. Tell, tell you what, man, if nothing else, it's going to be a great experience for her before we get to conference season here. And I'll tell you what, if Auburn sneaks away with a win over Texas, and good night, if they either or Texas or UCLA, if they beat both of them, Auburn may be one of the best teams in the country. We didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but if – if they take a take a win over Texas State, if they beat UCLA tomorrow, that team is light years ahead of schedule. Oh yeah, I mean, it just shows how they're already ready for SEC play before it even starts. I mean, and, and the schedule gets a little easier for a little bit before you get back to SEC play because after this weekend, you get Jacksonville State. ULM, Syracuse, Delaware, Bradley, Syracuse. Okay, so that's a field and the Plainsman Invitational. Uh, but, yeah, the field and the Plainsman Invitational, favorable again to possibly win every game. Uh, you get Georgia State, Toledo, North Carolina A&T, Chattanooga. And then you hop into SEC play. But, I mean, this schedule, it favors the Tigers to have a boatload of wins going into the SEC, ter- uh, SEC regular season. Yeah, this tournament was like – scheduled really well to where they got several warm-up games to prepare for it and then they get to play in it and so far they're doing very well and then after it they get to not relax but have some easier opponents get rolling again because they could face some very tough opponents and uh, have a few losses at the end of this tournament but they get back rolling against some easier teams before they start up SEC play and get to the heart of their schedule. And, and, and before we transition from softball to baseball, I want to leave you guys with this, this parting thought about Auburn softball. Um, half of the pitching rotation is not healthy. 
KK Dismukes and uh, Sam Yarbrough are still out on injury. Neither of them are expected to miss the entire season. Sam may be back next week. Uh, they're relying on on the arms of of, of Shelby Lowe and, and, and Matty Pensa, which are phenomenal pitchers, by the way. This team's going to get deeper. They're going to get better. Yeah. That's the thing that they need help on the most is pitching. I mean, I think – There's just no depth right now because there's no. so many injuries. Nope. Yeah. But uh, that that's a parting thought I'm going to leave you guys with. Let's pivot to the other side of Diamond Sports, talk a little Auburn baseball. Uh, first pitch should have been seven minutes ago. I don't have the live updates on that uh, one. Do you have it on? I don't think they've had first pitch just yet. I'm kind of game before. Try, I'm trying to watch the live stats, and it says the game has not started just okay. yet. So. G- game before then must have ran a little. Early. I know there's like a 9 a.m. game there. Is there? Yeah. I thought Auburn's like the very first. Were they game of like all the college baseball? Were they? I think so. Weird that they didn't start on time. Unless, Maybe they got some weird ceremony or something, or the stats are behind. That's possible. Unless it wasn't like Division One, but. All Division One, because I was looking on my ESPN app, said that Auburn's the very first school in all college baseball to kick yes. off their season. Now let's let's pivot. F- uh, let's talk baseball for a second. There, they've got they've got a tough field this weekend, guys. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Kansas State, uh, three Big Twelve teams, and uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but the Big Twelve is typically very good at baseball. Yep. So is the SEC. Let's let's go ahead and lay that out there. But uh, Auburn's got its hands full. This team is a giant question mark. Well, yeah, that's you're right, but um, I would say the tough opponent to start is a better thing more than a worse thing, a uh, bad thing, because it really matters how you end the season and not how you start. So those good teams are going to point out your flaws, point out your weaknesses, and really help you know what to work on as you move along in the season. And um, that's really valuable, more than that easy win. I agree. I agree with that. But also, Auburn's got some built-in, what you might consider easy wins, that are good, good confidence pick-me-ups. But I'm all for getting knocked around at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. It'll, like, it'll definitely be a humbling experience, and it'll be a confidence booster if they can get a win. Versus if, those teams. if they win one of these three games, they've done well. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm – just, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and embrace all of our listeners here on Weagle 91.1 FM, all the people in the Lee County area and beyond. If you're an Auburn fan, brace for impact. None of us know what this season looks like, and um, it, it's very possible that this is not going to be a very good team in SEC play. No, and like you were saying about having some warm-up games, get the ball rolling, get your feet wet, and um, just try and get in a groove because it really doesn't matter what your record is in non-conference play because the SEC is so stacked with teams that if you end up getting hot and doing well in SEC play, I mean, that's all that really matters because, I mean, you got the Vandys, the Mississippi States, the Ole Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas, and you get some series wins out of those teams, I mean, you're knocking on the door at NCAA tournament bid. Agreed. For sure. Let's uh let's keep moving along with some spring sports. We're gonna talk women's hoops because, and then we're gonna we're gonna push men's hoops back uh, a little bit because we're gonna, I wanted to talk to Noah about his work at the Plainsman, and then I want to talk Auburn hoops. We kind of no, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Auburn men's basketball team is, is kind of good this year. Um, just just a little bit. I've kind of I've kind of noticed. <laughs> just just noticed just, just a few a things. Bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's just one kid. He wears number ten. He's decent. Another guy who wears number thirteen that's kind of tall. Um, so we'll 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 get to men's hoops. I wanted to talk a little bit about women's basketball because I just, uh, well, so um, 
gosh, how do I say this? They tried their best last night. It feels like that every game. And, I mean, it feels like <laughs> they pushed their opponent to the core and just one issue ends up being their fatal flaw every game. I, uh, For those of you who have not you know, paid attention or to, to women's basketball as much this year, definitely something to keep an eye on in the future. Let me just let me just read these these scores to you real quick, Thomas Lynn. The last three game, last four games, and I want you to notice that one of these things is not like the other. I'll let you guess which game was against the number one team in the country. So, on Thursday, February third, Auburn basketball lost sixty five to seventy. Then on Thursday, February tenth, they lost sixty six to sixty eight. On Monday, February fourteenth, happy Valentine's, happy late Valentine's Day, everybody. By the way, uh, they lost seventy seven to eighty three. And then last night. Thursday, February 17th, Auburn women's basketball lost 38-75. to Which one do you think was against the number one team in the country? Mm, yeah, it'd be the last one. It'd be, what was it, last night? Yes. Yeah. But let me, let me say yeah. let me say this about, about women's hoops uh, last night, and, and I understand that they almost got doubled. <laughs> Literally, their score almost got doubled. It is really not, it is truly not that Auburn women's basketball is that bad. It's yeah. that South Carolina is that good. Yeah. They're yeah. doing that to every They're opponent dominant. they play. I mean, when you go into a matchup and everybody knows it's just going to be a thumping, that's when you know that like one team's just so superior to the other. Agreed. And we're actually going to step away for a two-minute PSA break. On the other side, we're going to talk just a couple minutes. I'm going to preview uh, Auburn women's basketball versus Georgia and tell you guys why I think Auburn can win that game. Uh, truthfully, believe that. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I think Noah is going to add some good insight. He's also very knowledgeable on Auburn women's basketball. Very excited to hear his opinion on that. All that and more. Stay right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't turn that dial. Listen to TNT in the morning. See you on the other side. Welcome back. Welcome back. TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. Joined, as always, by Thomas Lynn Murphy. Joined today by Noah Griffith. Griffith, how are we doing today, guys? Everybody still got the vibes high? Yes, yep, sir. it's Friday. Baseball Good. is upon us, so. Spring sports are here, man. It's, it's and it's time to get excited, man. It, you get to go back to the ballpark, get a connect a sausage. That, that's not an ad, by the way, no ads. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm telling you, ever since I moved to Alabama, man, that connect a sausage has been a staple of a ballpark trip for me. Uh, for sure, yeah. It's it is different. I I never knew what I was missing out on until I knew what I was missing out on. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I if I were on death row and had. You got like your last meal, like ballpark food would be up there. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, it's so good. It hits different. Go to ballpark snack. Um, the hot dogs taken away. Like, oh, come I, on I now. Think, no, we all agree that a good hot dog. Hot is, dogs yeah. number good one. Good like a sausage is number one. I think that's definitely a staple. So, to back that up, I'll go with um. Let's see. What do y'all think? I'm 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 sunflower seeds. See, I can't get behind sunflower. I'm sunflower seeds. seeds. Mine is it's got to be like a hotter day, like a 80 degree, 75 degree day out, but you can't go wrong with some dipping dots. There you go. Yeah. Love some dipping dots. So, um on Saturday, I think it was, I went to the basketball game. Then I went to Tumors, and I got a Tumors lemonade before the softball game. Oh. That, that hit. Yeah, I, I bet it did. It was a hot, sunny day, and that that was perfect. I know that I'm biased, but I'm telling y'all, Tumors Lemonade is the best lemonade on the face of the planet. I agree. I know it's I expensive, agree. and I, I know that uh, everyone. It, it don't matter. It, it is. It is just that good. I mean, you can If you're in Tumors, you have to get it. It's, you yeah. can't go without it. 
I, uh, just be careful if you get a large because uh, it'll put you to sleep real quick. I bet it will. <laughs> There's so much sugar in them things. Tell you what, I'm the only one at this table who's 21. Thomas Lynn turns 21 here in a couple weeks. But I will say this. Staple for me is I want, now that we have alcohol sales at, at Plainsman Park, uh, a sausage and a cold beer uh, if it's about 80 degrees out. And, and, and just, just one, just really, really just one cold beer and, and a Koneka sausage, and you, you cannot beat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't say anything. Well, one of these, one day you'll turn 21, you'll, you'll drink day. your first beer ever, <laughs> and, and we'll talk about it. But, uh, yeah, nice, nice Michelob Ultra and a, and a Koneka sausage. I'm ready to um, see that new section they put out in the outfield, what it's going to be like. Okay, so we went and snooped the other day. Okay. Me, Jake Gonzalez, and Dylan Lark, friends of the program. Right. We, were, we hang out way too much. No, it's, it's, it's almost toxic. Not actually, but <laughs> we hang out all the time. So uh, I parked my car on campus. Shout out to the nice people at Athletics that hooked me up. But uh, so I, we walk, we're walking back to my car, and I was like, you know what, guys, let's, it's a beautiful day. Let's go snoop around and see what this new section looks like. It's not ready yet. Mm. It doesn't really look close. <laughs> uh, but it looks like it's going to be a gravel standing room. And I think that what I heard from through the grapevine, that they kind of decided, the university and the baseball program decided a little too late to put in bleacher seating. Okay. I think the ultimate goal is to have – like high school aluminum bleacher seating out there, okay. which I think would be perfect for students, yeah. especially since it's, uh, you know, present your student ID. You can bring in a cooler uh, of, of whatever you choose to bring, whatever cold beverages, whether that be a water or a Coke. Which I'm sure that's all the students will bring. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think it's going to be a very good addition to Auburn, and it would not surprise me if they continue to expand the outfield if it's as roaring of a success as, as I think it could be. I mean, we've all seen those videos from Swayze. Uh, in Ole Miss, where uh, after after every home run, they they shower their whatever they have in their hand, yep. and uh, I think that that's cool. I think that'd be a great addition to building the culture around Auburn baseball. And they sold the most season tickets ever in really? program history this year. Really? So very exciting stuff for Auburn uh, baseball. Going back backtracking a little bit, we talked a little bit about Auburn women's basketball before we left. I can tell you why Auburn lost last night. And it's not just because they were playing the number one team in the country. Aisha Koulibaly was held to nine points. Honestly, Scott Grayson was held to eight points. Those were the team leaders. Aisha led the team in nine rebounds. And (laughs) that combined with the fact that you're playing the number one team in the country is just not going to cut it. If if Auburn's going to win games, they're going to need honestly Scott Grayson and Aisha Koulibaly to go for 20 apiece. We've seen it happen. That's just the way it's got to work. Yeah, I mean, you can't win a game, especially against a top-ranked team, but you can't win a game against anybody when nobody on your team scores double digits. Yes. And um, Ben's production has definitely been an issue as well. It, even in the games they're competing in, if they could get an extra push from their bench and get extra depth, um, they, it would definitely be a better time finishing games. I agree. Uh, and, and I do think, we mentioned this before the break, I do think Auburn has a legitimate chance to beat a ranked team again. Uh, on on uh, on Sunday this this Sunday at 11 a.m. here at Auburn Arena, soon to be Neville Arena, which we've not talked about yet. We'll have to talk about that when we get to the men's section. We've not talked about them being named in, uh, Neville Arena, but I think that if if Auburn plays its cards right, it's got another SEC win in it somewhere. They've they've get oh, Ole Miss at, at home on Thursday of next week, and then Kentucky on the road. But Kentucky's really really bad this year. Well, it's like you said um, before. Like the last four out of five games and the previous four before the South Carolina game, it's like the story of their season is these 
games where they lose less than like five points a game. And I mean, it's it's tough. I've always said this entire year that that's how Bruce Pearl's like first season went at Auburn. Um, I mean, it's a positive. You're bringing like closer games, and you're making them more competitive, and you're giving your team a chance to win. But it's just hard watching these games, and almost all of them are just nail biters to the end, and then it just ends in heartbreak and a a loss that's less than ten points, and they had a chance of winning at one point in time. Yeah, it's supposed to say the Florida the Florida game was especially disappointing because. They had such a good shooting night and scoring night, which is not typically what we've seen. They had four different um, players in double figure scoring. They shot 44.4% from three, 43% from the field. Um, They were on shooting. Anna Hughes was perfect from three. She needs to take more. Yeah. I mean, when she's hot, she's she's on. She's not going to miss. Um. And there were contest, contested shots, too, that she was hitting. It's, I, I agree completely. I think that Auburn's got another SEC win in it. And don't be surprised if they win that first play-in game in the tournament, SEC tournament. I just Things would surprise me less. This has been a roaring success for Coach Jay's first year. Yeah. Uh, regardless of, of, of what the record may show, they're in games that they were not in last year. So. Yeah, for sure. With that, I'm going to kind of close the conversation about Auburn women's basketball. Unless you guys have anything else to say, you're more than welcome to chime in. That's all I got for him. Good around the table. It's all. Yeah. Very, very fair. Now, Noah, we're going to talk about you. That's cool. Okay. Um, so That's cool. I'm going to go ahead and just loosely introduce you, and I want you to introduce yourself uh, and introduce your work. For those of you who are not familiar with the bright mind uh, at Auburn that is Noah Griffith, he is one of our outstanding student journalists here with the Auburn Plainsman. Um, recently recognized by some guy, some bald dude on an SEC TV, uh, radio show, and I'm playing, um, for, his, for his works with a great column uh, about Auburn Arena. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself and kind of and just open the floor to you. This is your story to tell. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, well, as he said, I'm Noah Griffith. I'm a junior at Auburn. I'm transferred in, so this is my second semester here. I'm a journalism major. And I've always grown up um, big in the athletics department. I played several sports as a kid um, until when I was, I believe it was a few weeks before my 17th birthday. I visited a neurologist. Um, I was diagnosed with a disease called Friedrichstachia, which is a neuromuscular disease that causes you to lose your balance and coordination over time. Um, it's made it hard for me to walk and get around, among other things. Um, I now use a walker, and I had to quit sports um, after my diagnosis, which was very tough. Um, but really, like, getting into journalism here at Auburn, I've started sports writing and that's just become really fulfilling for me um, to finally get back into the sports arena without actually, you know, competing and just finding something else to do. And hopefully I can be, you know, be successful in this and make as much of an impact as I could on the court. So that's my goal. 
Um, and like you said, I recently went on the some gold, bald guy show <laughs> called <laughs> Paul Feinbaum. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Maybe, maybe but, I've I've heard him <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an awesome experience. Um, so I read an article on the accessibility issues with Auburn Arena. Um, the r- unprecedented rise to success of the basketball program has created just an incredible turnout of students. Um, there have been people camping out for games against Kentucky, notably. Um, people camped out over 24 hours before the game. And, like, the lines were ridiculous. You you could be in line and maybe not even get a spot in the arena. Definitely not a sitting spot. Um, and for disabled students, when it's cold outside, when the line's ridiculously long, that just, like, makes it almost impossible to, for one, get in, for two, to have an enjoyable experience. Um, which is just not something as a student that you should have to go through to witness a basketball game, you know? Um, I get it, they're the number one team, and people want to be there for that, and there's a ton of people, but, um, something had to change. Um, and so that's what my article was aiming to do, to, uh, help people who couldn't, be there to have an enjoyable experience of the games before to um to really be able to do that for the first time and I did and to see that happen to see how the university has reacted to my article um and have you know to see what people have spotted the game it's unreal man I didn't expect that reaction and to go on the SEC network to join the Fun Bomb Show to be their flagship show. Yeah. Um, to be recognized for that. Um it's just very humbling. Like I died. I didn't write this with that in mind that I would get that reaction. Um definitely wasn't expected. I hate that we have to step away for a PSA break because I want to continue this conversation right now, but we are going to continue it here in two minutes. Uh, Noah, thank you so much for that, for that preface. And uh, we've got, I've got a lot of questions, Uh, all, all good things, of course, but uh, we're extremely proud of you and student journalism matters. And we're learning more and more about it every day. You're learning about it right here on TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't turn that dial. We've got a great interview on the other side of this. Noah's going to keep talking to us more about his work with the Plainsman. We're going to talk about the importance of student journalism and so much more. And we're going to get his takes on how good this Auburn basketball team is. He said that they're pretty decent. So don't turn that dial. You'll listen to Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. The station got me slipping there. The PSA break was thir- was three seconds shorter than I thought it was. <laughs> and I was just rolling up to the mic. But you know what? I think we were like a half second delay. I think, it, think it's going to be fine, guys. I think Somebody was relaxing on the job. I was just watching some Auburn softball. Man, score update. Auburn 5, Wisconsin 1. But anyways, we're back to the show. My name's Harrison Tarr, joined as always by Thomas Lynn Murphy, joined today by brilliant journalism mind and writer for the Auburn Plainsman, Mr. Noah Griffith. Noah, you were talking before the break about the, the whole mission behind your article to make accessibility for, for all students 
more more equitable, for lack of a better term. I, I think that that's probably appropriate. Does that, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, across able-bodied and, and disabled students. Uh, and, and you said, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't write this for the on, on the on the on the premise of, you know, you didn't want to. It wasn't for you to blow up. It wasn't for yeah. you to, to become this this name that you that you are becoming because you are a bright mind. You're a great writer. That's why. How cool has it been to see? And, and and you can tell me if there hasn't been. But has there been an outpouring of support from the Auburn community fan base? And uh, how cool has it been to see that maybe not necessarily specifically you, but they're 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 lobbying for you. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, thank you for that. Um, there's definitely been an outpouring of support. Um, I think my tweet got, I'm not sure exactly. I think it got over a thousand likes and like hundreds of retweets, which was incredible. Um, and change like that wouldn't have happened without them, without uh, sports. So. I'm very thankful for that, and um, people talk about the Auburn family. Well, they really showed up in a big way, um, and like I said, things don't change with just an article. Um, it took that chain of reaction, that support from Auburn, the Auburn community to um, get that recognition out, you know. Get that article out there and get it recognized. Get it recognized. Um, so yeah, um, incredible. You have a question, Thompson? Yeah, I do. So we know as soon as you wrote that article, it kind of just took off, started going viral around here at Auburn. Um, but who reached out to you, um, in the athletics pro uh, took department? My uh, <laughs> and uh, reached out to you about going about changing for uh people with uh disables and getting into the arena in a much easier fashion and being able to enjoy the game and stuff so how who reached out to you and what was the process of making that change so i believe it was the afternoon after my article was posted the executive director of the president's office um emailed me was like I just wanted to let you know we saw your article and we're discussing the path forward and how to make changes. And um, that just really caught me by surprise. And I was like, whoa, like this is happening. This is actually starting to make change. And um, then she emailed me the next morning. It was like, gave me some more of the specifics. and was like, we want you to break this news on Twitter later today. And um, then, yeah, as I'm sure y'all saw it. Um, when I did break that news, that tweet actually got more recognition than my actual article. Wow. So, like, people actually were engaged with what was going on. They were looking for an update. And... That's what was so huge. Follow up question to that. Now I know I know OA ran an article. Um, mm. Who who reached out to you from OA? Was it Justin Lee? Um, he didn't reach out to me actually, but I did see the article. You did? Okay. And I did talk to him about it, but um, there's no discussion beforehand about it. 
I mean, it was. I think it was a positive article. I think it yeah. it, it was serving more or less as an as an amplified. Uh, I guess a, me- a megaphone is in a metaphorical sense, oh, yeah. if if you will. Uh, I think it was it was it was very cool to see that that this change happened. Not only did it, did it did it actually happen, how swiftly the university uh, took action, because we're so used to as as students there there are grievances we have about our university, and and I don't I don't want to get any any give anybody the wrong idea. Uh, like like I said, I I keep things neutral here. I don't I don't talk about my fandom. You're you're familiar with the, with the with, with the world, but I am an Auburn student. I am I'm a senior. I get my degree in May, and I'm I'm proud to have been a part of this this university for four years. So I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. But there are there are occasions where where we as students think, hey, the university needs to do better. Yeah. And how I I just can't imagine how wild how wild it must have been from your perspective because it was wild from my perspective in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I was taken aback in a good way at how swift this change was made. How impressed were you that, that this took the top priority of the agenda of the, of the university in such a quick manner? Man, like it's uh, it's like I said, it's humbling um, that they would care that much. The executive director actually told me one of her daughter's best friends has the same neuromuscular disease that I have. Which is a rare disease. Um, so I think really the way I was able to get um, empathy from able-bodied people and disabled body the same um, really made the difference. Um, and she was able to be an advocate for me because she understood. Um, she had seen her daughter's best friend go through that diagnosis and go through that process, so she understood um, really where I was coming from, and it just mean, it means a lot. Um, that's something I could put out there as a student journalist would um, be on top of people's radar like that. Follow-up question to that, kind of playing off of that. In your own words, what can we as the world, and as we can keep it as an Auburn community or you can make this abroad, whatever, however you want to interpret this, and in your own words, as much as you're comfortable speaking on this, how can we make a more inclusive environment for everybody, whether that be in the sports realm or beyond, not just in, in terms of, you know, this, this article and what you've done is great. It, it is phenomenal, and, and, and I cannot tell you how proud student journalism as, as a unit we are of you. I, I, it's not just me. You know, kissing your butt, for lack of a better term. But what can we, as 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 a community, what can we do to make everything more inclusive and more enjoyable for everyone? Whether that yeah. be physical actions, not you know, just changing our mindset. Well, what, in your own words. So, um, I would just say, people only. Well, first of all, I want to say. Um, Auburn has been a great experience for me. I don't want to, like, dog out the university because, um, they've really been helpful and really been caring. But I would say, to respond to your question, that, I mean, it's a tough one. It's a tough issue. But, um, I would just say in a lot of situations and supporting events, Accessibility seating is like isolated from other people's seating. Um, 
And that really makes you feel alone. It makes you feel isolated. It makes you feel different. Um, and it's just, it's not a good feeling, man. And to be in the jungle and have accessibility seating, not special seating, but like, just be able to be in the jungle with everyone else and feel like just a regular student. And not have to feel like, oh, I'm different because I'm having to get this special seating, you know. I'm just going to the game as a student and being in the jungle and it's accessible in the same way. So I would say just um being able to feel like a regular fan. And um yeah. I, I that's the perfect answer, man. I mean I I don't have the perfect remedy. Uh I don't I don't know if anybody at this table has the perfect remedy. Well I for sure don't. It's a tough issue, man. And and I think that's the cool part about. Am I cutting you off on a question, Thomas Lynn? You can go go ahead. Um, I think this is the cool part about having this conversation and being in student journalism is that we have this opportunity to have these difficult conversations. I mean, let's let's look at the past two years, man. Uh, just beyond the realm of what we've been discussing, let's look at the the conversations we've had to have. Uh, whether that be the people in this room, or I, I know that I've had a bunch of interactions and had some tough conversations with people where I had to learn. And, and, and I know, Thomas Lynn, you're probably in the same boat where we've had to learn. But we have this fantastic medium. I mean, look, look at what we're doing right now, that we can have these conversations. And sometimes I know they're not fun to talk about. I get it. Yeah. But we, we have the opportunity to share the word with other people to help other people un- gain a better understanding of how we as, as, as a society, as, 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 as the world in general, can become more inclusive for everybody. And I think that it's really cool that we have that opportunity. And if there's ever a case that journal, student journalism matters, man, I'm telling you, you got a strong one. <laughs> so I, that, that's the whole premise. And, and I didn't just bring you on here to brag about your work. We're going to talk Auburn Hoops on the other side of the break here in a little bit. And uh, definitely very excited to hear your opinions on those. But I just think that we had such a unique opportunity. And I, I think that if we didn't take these opportunities, we'd look back and regret it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, bouncing off of what you just said and the impact you've made, you've made an impact not on just current Auburn students, but students that are coming into Auburn. I mean, that have disabilities, and it's already a challenge having to go to college, especially like a big university, and go to class. And you've made, a, you made an impact on their lives and being able to experience Auburn basketball and the enjoyments and perks of being a student at a big-time university. And um, I'm not sure what the arrangements are for other sports like baseball, football, and stuff, but I'm, I'm sure if they're not up to par and where they should be, just that one article that you wrote about one sport didn't even know it was going to make a change or an impact will probably go on to affect multiple sports at Auburn and honestly other schools around the SEC around the around the country will look at what Auburn's doing for those uh type of students and they'll make a change to for what they're doing at their games to make it easier and to give y'all a better game day experience so um how does how does it feel knowing that 
I mean, you've impacted more than just current Auburn students, but future ones that, I mean, they they look, and especially like parents of, of disabled children look at the accessibility of colleges and what's the best fit for the children. And having that perk at Auburn as a disabled child, you can go and experience the jungle Auburn football games just like any other student. Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. Like you said, it's definitely one of the main things you consider as a disabled person. I'm looking at where you want to go to school. That's one thing that played into me choosing Southern Union before I came to Auburn. And really, when I went there, I didn't know it was going to come to Auburn. I thought a big SEC school would just be too much for me. And um, it is difficult at times, but Auburn definitely makes their best effort to um, make it worth not too much for me. Or for not just me, for any disabled person. Um, and there are definitely improvements and changes to be made, as was exemplified with this um, situation with basketball in the article. Um, but um, it feels great that I can be start a chain of reaction to um, where people aren't, af- aren't afraid to go to the bigger school for um, with a disability and are not afraid that it will be, you know, too big or too much for them. Because um, there are definitely ways where we, it can be made where disabled students have just the same amount of right to be at a big university as anyone else. And um, hopefully this can be the start of that movement. You're listening to Weagle 91.1 FM and TNZ in the morning. We just had a phenomenal interview with Noah Griffith. We're going to talk Auburn hoops on this side of the break. If you did not get the chance to listen to Noah's full conversation about his brilliant work, uh, for la- there, there's no better word to put it than brilliant work with the Auburn Plainsman, you can find our show completely PSA break free on Spotify. And we'll make sure we tweet that link out this afternoon. I did forget to tweet this morning. I apologize. It's on me. But until then, we are going to step away for a two-minute ad break, and we will be back, and we're going to talk some Auburn hoops, guys. So we'll be right back with you right here on Week 91.1 FM. Yeah, get started on alabamaworks.com. You heard the PSA. Get started on, I don't know what the rest of the PSA is. I'm sure it's about getting a job. But anyways, great PSA. Thank you, Weagle 91.1 FM, for that. Welcome back to TNT in the Morning right here on Weagle 91.1. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined as always by Thomas Lynn Murphy. Joined for another 12 minutes or so with our good friend Noah Griffith. Friend of the program now officially, by the way. Congratulations, you're officially a friend of the program. So I'm uh, honored. I'm honored <laughs> to be considered that. <laughs> One of the best interviews we've had. Honestly, dude, we've if had. If not the best, yeah, honestly. We have had back-to-back bangers. Credit to you for getting these interviews. Y'all have asked yeah. some great questions. I appreciate it. I mean, I told you during the break, man, we are, uh, Thomas Lynn and I, in conjunction, have always agreed that we are, it, it is our responsibility at, at, at we're in the position we're in right now um, to inform ourselves. And I think we've done, uh, Thomas Lynn, I'm very, I'm very proud of the both of us for, for, the, for the groundwork we've, we've tried to do uh, and, and, and understanding what it means to try to achieve equity mm. and um, across the board. So had a great conversation about that. 
If you want, have anything to add, that's completely fine. If not, I'm down to talk some Auburn hoops before you get out of here. I'm so down, man. I always, know you are. Always. And we're going to get you back on the show. You're welcome to come on anytime. We're on from 11 to 1 every, every week. You can just walk in the office. Jay Gonzalez and Dylan Lark do it all the time. And uh, Jake will probably come knocking on the door here in about eight minutes. Uh, but you're, you're welcome to come on anytime. Just talk ball, man. That's, that's what we do. We hang out. I don't know why they let us have this show for two hours, but uh, they seem to be fine with it. Yeah. People on Spotify like it. That's, I, that's all that matters right there. <laughs> our fans. Exactly. We have the number one fans in the world, by the way. Just, just, just so you know, we're, we're, we're going to. I'll go ahead and let you know that information. Our fans are top tier, and and it's crazy because when we first started, our fans were like our parents, and now I'll run across people that are like, "Hey, man, I listen to your show." Yeah. And it's the weirdest experience in the <laughs> world. You're like, you, you did? Like, why? Like, um, that's how I felt when I gained like. Over 600 followers on Twitter following my article. I'm like, yeah, Noah left me in the dust, man. The support that I've been given individually is something I never could have thought of as a first year student journalist. You got a career ahead of you, man. Yeah. You do. Thank you. It's unreal. Let's talk some hoops. You down? Yeah, I'm so down. Let's do it. All right, so Auburn. Um, guys, they thumped Vanderbilt, and, the, and the, it took took two halves. But the the fourteen point margin just doesn't really accurately show how not close this game was. Auburn took down the Vanderbilt Commodores ninety four to eighty on Wednesday in the jungle. Were you there? No, yeah, I think I saw you. Right? Um, I was not there. You're there Saturday, Saturday. I will be at the game on Saturday That's in right. Gainesville. Oh, yeah. you're going to Gainesville? Yes, oh, wow. All right. I'm just pumped. I, you should be. I'm. I'm actually. I'm heading. I'm hitting the road next week and going up to Knoxville. Oh, for real. So that'll be my those second will, of three road games this year. Those will both be uh, tough games. I be, think. Be a tough ball game this week, and we're gonna get your prediction prediction right before you hop off the show. We're gonna get your Florida prediction. I want to get some thoughts on the Bandy game. Uh, first off, Scotty Pippen Jr. is actually very good at basketball. Um, that's just, I yeah. Very, his very his strides he's taken since he's been at Vanderbilt have been impressive, and. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. The only reason Vanderbilt's ever in a game is because of Scotty Pippen Jr. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's fair. I don't know if you guys heard some of the chants coming from the student section. I'm not gonna talk about those on the radio. Interpret that as you will. All I'm saying was is uh, yeah, that was yeesh. Mm. <laughs> that was brutal. But definitely uh, the jungle definitely got in Scotty Pippen Jr.'s head one way or another. So, uh, thoughts on the Vanderbilt game. First off, Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith. I mean, that's all. That's all. Just leave it there. Oh, no, no. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Yeah, true. There's more. True. But wait, there's more. Call right now and we'll double your order of two t- two players with a 20 point or more night. Mm, it's incredible what they're doing, those two guys. And, I mean, there's even more on the team. I mean, Pick and choose your poison, basically, if you're the opponent. We talked about this a little bit last week, Thomas Lynn, and Noah, I'd like to hear your, hear your thoughts on this. And I, I'm not saying that Thomas Lynn and I manifested this. I'm just saying we might have. Um, we talked last week about how Auburn's got to get more creative with Jabari and, and take advantage of the fact that he's Jabari Smith Jr. and that he is possibly going to be the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft. Yep. And you've got to get more creative of feeding him the ball. I understand you don't want to run your offense through one guy, but like sometimes you can run your offense through one guy. Yeah. That was the number one pick on the floor we saw uh, on Wednesday. That guy was 
That was an NBA player. I mean, you can play perfect defense on him and it'll still hit a shot right right over you. I mean, it's dirty down. <laughs> it's, it's like the closest comparison I can think of is like Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's drawing all the comparisons to. I mean, the length. He can just, in the shooting ability, it's, I mean, Bruce has said he's one of the best jump shooters I've ever coached. Like, what has, what a statement right there. I mean, and it's a 6'10 guy at that, out of yeah. all people. It's not a guard. It's a 6'10 forward. That's the best shooter he's ever coached. Yeah. And and kind of pivoting from the top score to one of the lower scores. Yeah, I told you Jake was going to knock on the door. Uh, to one of the lower scores in the game. I mean, the impact of Zepp Jasper is just unreal, guys. Yeah. Uh, I understand that he doesn't put up a ton of points, but find me a better on-ball defender, man. I mean, what? It's just crazy how a player who – I'm looking at his stats right now. 16 minutes, didn't shoot the ball one time, had four personal fouls and one steal, no assists, no turnovers or anything. The dude hasn't turned the ball over against an SEC team since, like, the first week of January. Um, It's just crazy how a player can make such an impact on a team and it doesn't show on any stats, basically. Because he'll take maybe one, two shots a game and that's it. And he'll make a couple of them. Yeah, but it's just how the offense – flows through him it's more like under pace it's slower I mean you're taking care of the ball good fundamental passes and then on defense you're turning defense into offense and he's making um good plays making it tough for his opponent to score and I mean normally he's guarding the best guard on the opposing team and I mean Scottie Pippen Jr. I mean he'll be a future NBA player he's even though he had 29 points he shot 7 of 18 14 of his 29 came from the free throw line. So, I mean, he makes it tough on every single guard he plays. And and this doesn't show up on the stat line, and but it does go with the way the offense moves through Zep Jasper, like you mentioned. We don't talk enough about Zep Jasper's handles. Right. He's not flashy. He's not crazy, but he, he he's he, you can't pickpocket him. No. It, it, is, it is unreal to me how valuable a player can be and put up so few points. That leads me to my question for you, Noah. We've talked about Zep. We talked about Bari. Kessler's a given. Impact player people aren't talking enough about. Um, I think it's definitely Katie Johnson. He steps up literally any time the team is in a hole on the road. I mean, you see last time at Florida, everybody else struggled shooting in that game. Kessler was under, didn't even reach double-figure scoring. He put up 23 and he led the team to win. Always, whenever the team needs points, he can take over and um, be the guy the team needs. Is this the best team in the country, Noah? Yes, it is. Regardless of what the AP says? I'm trying to be objective here, but yes. I I am too. I, I, I Gonzaga is a good basketball team, very good basketball team. The Auburn Tigers are the number one team in the country. Yeah. And, 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 and that's in – that's per the, uh, let's see, uh, Tar Murph. Instead of Kim Palm, we'll do, we'll do Tar Murph. There you go. I like it. Ta- the Tar Murph ratings. Uh, <laughs> no, this this team, it, it's it's unreal because we could go on and talk about pretty much the whole roster. Yeah. And, and talk about how they're an impact. There's not a deeper team in college basketball, right? I agree. I mean, when you have a Jabari Smith type player on your team, 
And you can talk about so many other guys that haven't in just as much of an impact. It's something you don't see on any other team. I could not agree more. I'm gonna we're gonna have to sneak away to a PSA break here in a second. I'm gonna ask you beforehand a couple things, and, and you take your time. We'll, we'll worry about the PSAs later. Get on to me, Weagle. It's fine. It won't be the first time. Um, first off, Auburn's traveling to Florida this weekend. Uh, Jake, you just hopped in the booth, and I don't have your mic hot, but fun fact, Noah will be in on site on Saturday. A witness, sure. if you will. Yes, sir. So uh, you're, you're excited to go down to Gainesville. Oh, I'm pumped, man. What's, what score of that ball game going to look like? I think Auburn is going to get its first win in Gainesville in Swamp in 13 years, and it's going to be, let's say, 85-70. Six. 85, 76, nine point win. Noah Griffith's calling the Tigers to take down Florida on the road this weekend. That game's at one o'clock Central Time on ESPN. If you really want a last second ticket, you can get one for 90 bucks. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. Noah, thank you so much for coming in today, man. We really enjoyed it. Thank you all for having me. I, I appreciate it so much. You are welcome back literally anytime you feel like. Just shoot me a text and be like, hey, I'm coming on the show today. Or don't shoot me a text. It's like Jake and just walk and just walk in. <laughs> So, you listen to Weagle 91.1 FM. Unfortunately, our friend Noah's got to get to a class. Uh, I guess he's a student or something. Um, so, thanks for coming on, man. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute PSA break. Don't you turn that dial. We'll see you on the other side. Always click before you dig, Jake. Always. Every single time. <laughs> if you're well, not clicking, you can't be digging. <laughs> Welcome back to TNT in the Morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Harris Tatar. Joined, as always, by Thomas Lynn Murphy. Joined, as always, pretty much by... Eagle Eye TV Sports Director, Jake Gonzalez. Welcome back to the booth, man. Yes, sir. Well, glad to be back. I almost said you're welcome to be back. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome for my presence. Yeah, exactly. You should always ex- expect my presence and enjoy my presence. <laughs> we were, uh, we had, we, I hate that you missed out on, I mean, we've had back-to-back weeks of killer interviews, man. Uh, it's because it's the first hour of your show is in the middle of one of my classes. I know. Uh, you're going to have to listen to the podcast with Noah. I'm not kidding. Just listen to his 30 minutes of him talking about his oh. work. Oh, you best believe I will. Dude rocks. Yeah. We knew that, though. I mean, yeah, it's not news to anybody that's known Noah for a while. Exactly. So we were talking before the break about Auburn men's basketball. Now, Thomas Lynn, it's time for the most important stat, uh, not uh, stat, awards uh, list in, in all of sports, actually. That's right. I, I'd like to. We got to come up with a name for them. Uh, we, well, I've got it. What is it? TNT in the mornings, mid-late, mate, mid-late mid-season, late-season Superlatives. It's definitely late season. Just there's four games. It's mid late season. That's mid late. It's late to the mid season. It's late in the mid late season. All right, that works. That checks out. <laughs> that checks out math wise. I, I can't deny that one. <laughs> let's 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 talk some superlatives. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some titles that you guys should be able to kind of bounce off of pretty pretty easily. Let's 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 start with the gimme with the with the with the mid season MVP, uh, mid late season MVP to this point. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna start with with you, Jake, and you go ahead and tell me who. And we can. It's okay to duplicate. Uh, that's completely fine if we yeah. agree. Then that just means that the jury's out. This is officially TNT's mid late mid late season uh, MVP. Uh, I got Walker Kessler. As much as you know, everyone thinks it should be Jabari Smith because he's the star on the team. Walker Kessler's just been otherworldly for what people expected him to be this season. I'm gonna go with Walker Kessler as well. The impact he has on the team is above anybody else and just his presence on the defensive end i mean the most he, there's what 13 d1 teams that have more blocks than him everybody else he individually has more blocks than their entire team 
So, and he's three blocks away from the program record. Uh, f- three from tying it, four from breaking it. Wow, gotcha. I think he's at I think he's at one twenty three right now. Records one twenty six by Kyle Davis. I can't remember what year that was set in. I want to know where he ranks on the all-time blocks list in program history, like and, for a career, and he's oh, done it in one season. Oh, he's far down the list. Really? Because you got to. There's guys that have been there for four years that I know, but to that, have I, mean, a, I think Kyle Davis is on the list because he had three years where he had one twenty. He had the one twenty six. I think he had one hundred and one one year. Then he had eighty nine another year. So I mean, he's my man. Kyle was literally throwing a block party yeah. every, every game. Yeah, like, but so is Walker Kessler. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. If he's Walker Kessler was a three-year guy, he would 100% oh, wind up having. But he's not going to be a three-year guy. He's going to be a one-year guy at Auburn. <laughs> I am going to agree with both of you guys, and we're going to declare Walker Kessler's TNT in the morning's mid-season, mid-late, late-mid-season MVP. It just rolls right. off the tongue. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Really. <laughs> you got to think so, of an acronym for it. MLLM. Yeah, TNT MLLM MVP. Oh, my gosh. It's a full acronym. The TNT MLM MVP. Yes, I like the way you think. <laughs> All right, I, I, I agree uh, with with you guys, and, and and we talked about this off the air. Walker Kessler is my MVP to this point. Jabari Smith's un, unreal, and he's phenomenal. He's going to be probably the first overall draft pick, and he should be absolutely. But Walker Kessler, his just sustainability maybe is the right word. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, and consistency night in, night out. He's he's wor- he's figured out how to keep himself out of foul trouble. The team can't shoot. Walker Kessler can score inside the paint and can take over a game. He can hang 20 without a problem. It seems to become a re- routine number for him. He's, he's a double-double machine. The guy is is an impact player. And recently he's discovered that he can kind of shoot the three ball, which I used to absolutely hate watching, and now I hate slightly less. I've been trying to tell you since day one, let the man shoot. He can shoot from three. He's got a good stroke. I uh, Yeah, yeah, we'll go with You're that. You're wrong on that one. That's all i got to say. So the TNT MLLM MVP is Walker Kessler. I'm going to start with Thomas Lynn on this next one. Can I, can I say one more thing about Walker Kessler really quickly? Yes. Walker Kessler should be should be the SEC Player of the Year, National Defensive Player of the Year. He's not going to win SEC Player of the Year because from or Oscar Toshibwe is, is dropped a double-double almost, I don't know, probably – 11, 15 times, sometimes a season. I don't know what the number is exactly. Bonkers. Yeah, basically bonker, double-double numbers, and he's going to win it just because of that. Because he have two triple-doubles, though. Yeah, but that's we'll that's see. the reason why he's going to win the SEC Player of the Year instead of we'll go with Walker Kentucky. Kessler. Just because. We well, all, we're, we know that's why we're in the booth. We're here to watch Kentucky. Exactly. Why else are we here? Exactly. But whose awards really matter? Not theirs. It's ours. It's ours. Our, our awards are the most important. Exactly. Obviously. So next, uh, TNT, MLM, Sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year. I mean, I think this one might go around the table. Um, it's got to be Wendell Green. I mean, the scoring he provides off the bench. And, I mean, last game, he almost dropped a triple-double and, like, nobody realized it. Twelve points, nine assists, seven rebounds. The the way he um, – even though he's, like, 5'10", the way he drives the paint and is able to kick it out and finish amongst the big men, it, it reminds me a lot of Jared Harper. But – I mean, he provides so much scoring off the bench and had the most minutes last game. So. Uh-oh, Thomas Lynn used the J-H word. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate it because Jared Harper is my, probably the my most favorite Auburn basketball player of all time, and I hate it. He's still not Jared Harper yet, but he might be next year. He might be very well. Uh, my sixth man, I will agree, it is Window Green. I mean, he's basically a starter coming off of the bench. That's I mean, I feel like that's really all I need you to say about that. I, I – 
go around the table on that one. We'll <laughs> unanimously agree that Wendell Green is our sixth man of the year. When he he's a microwave, absolutely. When he finds when that stroke, he doesn't miss. When he doesn't have that stroke, it is tough to watch. I mean, he plays his best when he plays the passing game first and let Correct. his shots come off the passing game. But he's he's a very valuable piece, and 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 we've talked about this before. Auburn has a starting six. Um, and, and actually, I think Green. Might be, you might want to be able to say starting seven with Jalen Williams as well. Jay will for sure. And if if Wendell Green's in that lineup, and then we're in, and another guard's not in Auburn, then Jalen Williams is probably that sixth man of the year. Exactly. Let's uh, let's let's go to a fun. Let's let's do a goofy one right now. Okay. TNT MLM hype man of the year. Hype man of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, Katie Johnson. Just Katie be- Johnson. Just because of. Uh, he starts, he gets more minutes than um, Dylan Cardwell. And just after a, a big three or a big basket when Auburn's in a slump, just his reaction and motivation just gets the team going. Uh, I've got to agree. I want to say Dylan Cardwell as much as I want to say that. Um, I don't know. He, I feel like he just does too much. I think KD just kind of does the right amount to make it kind of hit hard. I'm actually going to take Dylan Cardwell, which I know is going to shock everybody in this room. As much as you don't like Dylan Cardwell. I would like to clarify, I, I think Dylan Cardwell is a, a great guy. He's a great hype man. <laughs> I would like to see him improve a little bit on the basketball court. But Dylan, Dylan Cardwell has a unique way of endearing himself to Auburn fans. He's done it in an unconventional route. There are players that endear themselves by being very good on the court. Then there's players that endear themselves by, you know, Fan support and fans just loving him. Uh, Leo Berman comes to mind. Uh, yeah. yeah, Dylan Cardwell has has well taken his shirt off at a lot of football games and women's basketball games and everywhere that he is. So um, he's kind of endeared himself as just kind of for students, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a one of us kind of yeah. guy. Uh, and, and and he has big moments, big dunks, and he and he gets 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 the crowd fired up. In a unique manner, so I'm I'm gonna roll with Dylan Cardwell, but so 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 maybe this 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 award's not given out yet because it's not unanimous, or is it a shared it's, title? It's two to one. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Katie Johnson, we got wins. we got three people, so I mean, if you get two of the votes, I mean, okay. So Katie Johnson, Katie Johnson is yeah. the hype man of the year. TNT in the morning, mid late mid season hype man of the year. Yes. Understood. D- Dylan Cardwell comes in a close second place. We'll see if things change. How you? This isn't the final line. This isn't the award. final one. This is not. This is the midseason, exactly. mid yeah, late midseason. Right. So, so I mean, and if one of us changes our answer, then it could be Dylan. I Barbell. will say my answer is very applicable to change. Okay, that is the one award that our answers could change very easily. Let's 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 move over to defensive player of the year. To this point, and I'm going to start with Jake. Are you ready, or do you want me to go with TL first? I can go. Go I ahead. Go. Um. I want to say Walker Kessler, but I'm actually going to go with Zepp Jasper. I think his just on-ball defense, his ability to stop the stop the opposing guards, I think it's just it's unmatched to say the least. I agree. Um, I I've said it. Yeah, I said it on win- my Wednesday show. Um, I think he's this year's version of Davion Mitchell. Um, and if you know the name Davion Mitchell, you saw my Baylor last year. He was an Auburn a few years before that, and Bruce Pearl likened him to be literally the best ball def- on-ball defender that he's ever seen. And Zep is very much close to what Davion was doing last season for Baylor. This one's a tough one for me. I mean, there's one outlier that just stands out from everybody in Swagger Kessler, and that's going to be who I go with. But one name that 
just never gets brought up. And it's shocking because that's one of the reasons he's going to get drafted, possibly number one, is Jabari Smith and the versatility of he can guard one through five. If he gets switched on somebody, he's clamping them up. And his length, it's you can't shoot over him. He can deflect passes, and it's, it's incredible. But I got to go with Walker Kessler on this. I mean, having – I don't even know how many blocks he has on the season. It's it's too many to count. Um, 148 blocks, um, it's incredible what he's doing. Well, I'm, I, I get the privilege of determining who's going to be the Defensive Player of the Year, and we are going to award it to Zepp Jasper. Wow. I, I would agree with Jake's statement. Jake just had to step out. He's got to take a business call for Eagle Eye, which is completely fine. And I just don't think there's a better on-ball defender in college basketball, man. I I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I understand Walker Kessler is a blocking machine. He's a menace under the bucket. There's no better rim, rim defender in college basketball. Don't get it twisted. But uh, I like Zepp Jasper a lot, man. His defense is just different. And you can tell how the team plays when he's not on the court. It's completely different. His plus-minus is unreal. Yeah. I mean, the dude hardly impacts the game on the stat sheet, but then you go and look at the one stat he does affect, it's the plus-minus. And it's almost um, every single game, even though he has less minutes than, like, the top seven, eight players on the team, has the highest plus-minus. I mean, it's it's unreal. We were talking about our mid-season, mid-late mid-season superlatives right here on TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM. We're going to step away for another two-minute push and PSA break. We'll talk about our Offensive Player of the Year when we get back, and then we've got a whole lot more to talk about on this show. So don't turn the dial. You're listening to Weagle 91.1 and TNT. In. Welcome back. Welcome back. TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tor. Tar. Tor. Good night. Goodness. Let's try that again. I'm your host, Harrison Tor, joined as always by... Thomas Lynn Murphy and my good friend Jake Gonzalez, our good friend, good friend of the program. Right before we went to break, we were talking about our TNT mid-late mid-season superlatives. We had breaking news over the break. Jake, if you want to share that real quick, that'd be great. I mean, it's not really that much of a breaking news. Um, it's just the Naismith uh, basketball thing. I can't remember exactly what the name is of it. Um, but they just announced that Bruce Pearl was a candidate for the collegiate coach of the year. No surprise there. Uh, shouldn't be shouldn't any surprise, be. yeah. I Not think ready. he should be leading it, honestly. Fair enough. Fair enough. You guys ready to get back to our last superlative? What, what was the last? What was the last one that y'all two talked about? Uh, uh, we talked about our defense player of the year. We did name it to Zeb Jasper. Okay. All right. So I, I did agree with you on that. Here might be the most difficult one: the TNT mid late mid season offensive player of the year. Jabari Smith. Okay. That's. I mean, I feel like that's all I need to say. All right. So this is offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. I think it's it's tougher than what a lot of people go with. I'm going to have to go with Jabari Smith on this. Just what he provides scoring inside, outside. He can do literally anything, everything. But, I mean, you got Wendell Green as a close second. He's the only, the only reason I can't make an argument, I'm going to agree unanimously, Jabari Smith, off, uh, Offensive Player of the Year to this point. The only reason that I cannot consider Wendell right now is this, the severe cool-off we've seen the past five games at least from the perimeter shooting standpoint. He did already against Andy. Did okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Still shot 3 of 10 total, though, but 2 of 5 from 3. It's 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 not that close to me now. It was If you would have asked me two weeks ago, it would have been closer, if that makes sense. Not for me. Not for you? No. I mean, it's just what Jabari can do at every level scoring the basketball. I mean, there's no one in college basketball that can score the way that he does. That's why he is – 
should be the number one draft pick in the NBA because he already has that NBA mid-range shot that you see Joel Embiid using so effectively this season. You've seen Jokic use it in the past few seasons. I mean, and he's also shooting, I think, almost around a 40% clip from three. Over. Yeah, over. Like, and he's been shooting not like one or two threes a game. Like, he's shooting a good number of threes. So, I mean, the fact he's able to keep up this 40% for as long as, or as deep as we are into the season, it's just, it's impressive. I want to add another award to our mid-late season awards right here. I'm listening. Kind of a spinoff of most underrated player, but most underutilized player on this Auburn team. Mm. Alan Flanagan. I want to listen. I want to listen to this argument. I I just as much like he gets he gets some minutes on the courts on the court. I don't know courts. There's only one court. <laughs> um, but he he doesn't get that many shots up a game just because of who's around him. Who else is on the team? I mean, you saw it last season, what he's able to do when he needs to score. We saw it against Texas A&M, what he needs to do when he when Auburn needs him to score. He put 16 up against Texas A&M uh, last Saturday. I mean, he he just has not been getting the shots that he needed. He's been – he deserves, in a sense, after the performance he's put in last season where he should be standing on this team. The injury obviously set him back. Don't get me wrong. I right. just I, – I think – I've had I have I've had a few arguments with people about this. No, I, mean, I like it. I, it's just, I kind of agree. He he doesn't get kind of the shots I think he should take. I agree. And part of that is a little bit on him. He's a more of a guy who gets the basket, kind of like an Isaac Okoro kind of style guy, slash and get to the hoop. But he's been taking a lot more threes this year than he should be. But like you said, how he kind of relates to Isaac Okoro, it's tough to be a player like that, a mainly a slasher. Especially when when you have Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler in the paint. Yeah. It's tough. And the college game where there's no defensive three seconds, people can camp in the paint for however long. It's really tough to get into the paint. That's one reason I think Jabari's going to excel even more offensively in the NBA because there's nobody in the paint there waiting for him. Um, but, yeah, who, who do you have, Harrison? I have Jalen Williams, actually. Of course. That's fair. You, 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 you knew where I was going yeah. with this. Um, I just – Jalen Williams would start at a lot of other Division One SEC top t- top twenty five programs at forward actually, yeah, in my opinion. Absolutely. And he doesn't. He's getting more minutes now than he was at the beginning of the season, uh, which is encouraging for me. But J Will minutes. I love. I love a good. J- you guys have sat with me at basketball games. I love good J Will minutes. Uh, I love. I love his work there in the in the low post where he can turn around and hit that you know, that sky hook. What What's you laughing at? It's so ugly. I love it. He's destined for one or two a game, and sometimes they'll go in, but uh, it's just it looks so bad. I mirror my pickup basketball game after Jalen Williams, actually. This is why you're bad at pickup basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I think he's underused is the right term because I'm, I'm not sure how you draw up plays for him when there's this really other good forward on your team named Jabari Smith. Um, <laughs> but I do think that there is there's a very real world, and it hasn't happened yet. We still might get the Jalen Williams game. It'll happen. I mean, we had the we had the Allen Flanagan game, Texas A and M. We did. Jalen game is on. Have another Allen Flanagan game cards, too. Yeah. I agree as well. And there's also just this world in my head, and maybe this is just my heart, but <laughs> in my head where maybe not the NCAA tournament. There's an SEC tournament game where Jay Will clutches up in like minutes when maybe Bari's in foul trouble or Flan is just not on it that day. And and Jay Will hits a couple of just big 
Kind of like Daniel Purifoy did yeah. in the NCAA yes. tournament. Yes. And I, I also think that I think his skill set's much better than people give him credit for because he's overshadowed by another really good, by the best forward, best basketball player in college, best player in college. The basketball. most, the most talented college basketball player. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean that's everything you have said is a completely fair argument. Yeah. So, but I do like the Flanagan argument. I yeah. only asked you I want to hear because I wanted you to explain your logic. That's the yeah. only reason. All right, so this is interesting because we're not gonna have. Like a award winner out of this. Oh, I'm going with another one too. So at the end of the season, we'll see who wins this outright. The right. Berman. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a really shocking one. Like really shocking. Y'all won't think I'm gonna say this. Most underutilized player. I'm going with Walker Kessler. Um. Huh. I think he's pretty well. Sir, utilized. what? <laughs> here, here is why. Auburn tends to. I think they got better with it against Vandy tends to take some questionable shots, some threes and stuff. Um, I just looked up the stats. Walker Kessler has 11 games on the season where he shot the ball 10 or more times. This dude needs to be shooting the ball 15 times a game. By the way, efficiently he shoots in the paint. It's a mismatch every time he gets in the paint. Nobody can guard him. And, I mean, they – they they have to, and they did against Vandy. That's why Walker Kessler, Jabari, they both scored 20-plus. Feed the paint first, and then you'll get your shot. I do agree with the interior offense creating opportunities for exterior offense, but that's a take. It, it's a take. It is a take. I know I know it is, but... I, I, I do appreciate you actually having a reason reasoning behind it other yeah. than just saying, oh, I feel like this. So I, I respect your opinion. I don't necessarily know that he's the most most underused player. He's not the most underused, but well, I thought I, that was a superlative. That was well, a superlative. Well, all right. Okay, <laughs> uh, you got me on that. But like, he could be out of everybody else. I feel like his talent could be used even more substantially. I mean, you can make that benefit the team. You can make that case for Jabari Smith as well. If you're saying that. I thought you were going to go with Jabari Smith. No, I'm not going with Jabari Smith, but I'm going with Walker Kessler because, I mean, we've seen games where Katie Johnson and Wendell Green will shoot the ball 20 times a game. That, with how this team is, those two guys don't need to be shooting the ball 20 times a game. I agree with that. If somebody, nobody should be shooting the ball 20 times a game, but if there were somebody to shoot the ball 15, 20 times, obviously Jabari, and the other player has to be Walker Kessler in the paint. Just nobody can okay. guard him in the paint. Yeah. You know what? You lost me at the beginning. Uh, and God, then you reeled you back you in. Reeled you reeled me back in. You lost me again in the middle. And it reeled me back <laughs> in. reeled me back in. And I, I do want to commend you for having the guts. To say that, yeah. To say that. Um, Takes a lot of courage. That, i speechless right now. Um, it's the wrong opinion, but it's fine. I don't actually <laughs> think that you made invalid claims. Not at all. I, could, I, 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 think, I, that, I, I think the way that you phrased it, Thomas Lynn, yeah, that's made funny. me at the beginning. I thought you were saying he's the most most underused because that was the superlative. Okay, yes, but, but, but which is fine. But then I realized halfway through you're saying that there's a world where Bruce Pearl and company could utilize dial more. up more plays and and use him in different manners. And now I'm now I'm understanding that you're saying that there's even more of a skill set that Auburn hasn't explored. I yes, I agree. I, I think we all like made at least fairly solid points for who we think that should be. Mine's just mine, just but might be my heart of hearts. Oh, so is mine, and mine's a little bit too. <laughs> well, hey, mine too. Because because when we because when we get to the superlative that you were talking about, like alluding to, is this kind of coming off of it? Like, like I said, that's my answer already. Yeah. For that one, which it's like your dark the most player. underappreciated player on this team. Oh yeah, that's that's right, that's, that's, 
Yeah, that's our last one. Yeah, I'm giving you my answer right now. I, I, I'm not changing mine. Most <laughs> underappreciated player. Yeah. And le- honorable mention. Except and- Jasper. Okay, that's that's a good answer. I, I feel like he's getting the appreciation he deserves now. Can we? Can uh, we throw it took in... him missing a couple <laughs> games to realize like what yeah. we missed for them to really appreciate it. Can I throw in a wild honorable mention? Sure. Other than Leo Berman, who I think we could all probably agree honorable mention for underappreciated. Oh, absolutely. Um, Preston Cook, actually, um, and, and let, me, let me tell you why. I understand the minutes have not been there. He played fine against Georgia. That's the only game he's played in. Yeah, I, I understand this. And I'm not I'm not saying a night in, night out kind of guy. I Thomas Lynn, you're giving me the look that I gave you a minute ago. Okay. Oh uh, no. This one's even more questionable. Th- no, this, no, it's not. no, this is definitely more questionable. Underappreciated? The yeah. dude doesn't play like he's a walk he's ten he's a scholarship player, but he's a walk on at Auburn. Listen. Listen. He, he he played great in the Georgia game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he, he did what he us, needed all to do. He helped us to get to 100 points against Bama. But no, all I'm saying is Preston Cook. We didn't talk about this enough after the Georgia game. The fact that Auburn was playing, for lack of a better term, on crutches, due to lack of you know Leor was unavailable, Zepp Jasper was unavailable, and the rest of the team decided that they just were not going to play defense. Preston came up and yeah, he got burned what twice? A few times. A few times. <laughs> twice. A few times. <laughs> but Preston played unbelievably well compared to what I was expecting. Four minutes. Cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he uh, oh. he he played the four minutes he needed to play to say the least. And I I don't want to say without Preston, you know, Auburn doesn't win that game. But I'm not. All I'm saying is I think Preston did has done what he what is asked of him. Yes, that's fair to say. And, and and it's not me saying that he's the best player on the Auburn bench because Jalen Williams is still sitting on the bench. But <laughs> Wendell Green would like a word. Wendell Green's in the starting six. All right. <laughs> I will say a player we haven't talked about at all that has made a contribution. Mm, we wouldn't you're even say Devin Cambridge. We wouldn't. It is Devin. As, Cambridge. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. But I, that was gonna be my post honorable mention. Yeah. The years. reason is not because <laughs> it's my honorable mention. I mean, when you think of Devin Cambridge, you think of what he brings to the team is like three point shooting and like Highlight dunking dunks. and stuff. This dude out of nowhere has become like the best offensive rebounder on this team. Rebounding and, like, machine. Like single handedly like allowed Auburn to come back in that Missouri game and win. Just by like, crashing the offensive glass and the hustle he's brought this year. That's fair. Uh, was ever since that Missouri game, he has been an absolute rebounding machine. And he's turned into a Dennis Rodman for Auburn. And it's like every player on this team has a different role, Dennis and they Rodman. excel at that role. And that's what makes did this you, team. You heard me say that. Did you know Dennis Rodman played with Scotty Pippen Sr.? Anyways, we're going to step away for it. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that Like uh, Auburn might have played like Scotty Pippen's son the other night? Did you hear that DJ Ben Brood played futures, uh, a future <laughs> song <laughs> in the court? Anyways, we're going to step away for a two-minute push and PSA break, speaking of future. And uh, <laughs> we will see okay. you guys on the other side. We're going to talk some SEC hoops. You guys down to talk around the league a little bit next uh, next block. Yeser. And we will be right back. Don't turn that dial. You're listening to Weagle 91.1 FM and TNT in the morning. See you on the other side. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I didn't hear that last PSA because it was a little quiet, but I do know, Jake, never try to beat a train. Yeah, never beat a train. Y- you simply will not win. It's impossible. Not even Usain Bolt can beat a train. <laughs> Thomas Lynn, you've never tried to beat a train, right? Uh, could you see me trying to beat a train? It, it would not end well for me. <laughs>
I think the the the, the context was more you know in a vehicle, but yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that one flew over my head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, no, don't try it. It would not end well either way. But especially me running. Yeah, no. Well, and let's move away from the train conversation. Even though I do love a good train, trains are cool. Choo choo. Actually, you don't like trains? I, I really don't like trains. I don't know. What? They made me mad. How they, are you on this show if you don't like trains? Trains rock. Okay, when I was a kid, yes, but the, now they're, they're, now they're still an inconvenience. Cool. Cornelius Vanderbilt would like a word with you. <laughs> the Was it Pacific Railroad? Yeah. I mean, it, well, that wasn't him necessarily, but... No, I was saying the Pacific Railroad would also like a word. Yeah. Locomotives, man. The Transcontinental Railroad. You never liked Thomas growing up? Yeah, I like Thomas the Train. <laughs> do, 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 it was do. a little creepy though. I don't know. It, it, it is a little creepy. I've gone back and watched a few episodes. I don't know why. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, the I, face is a little. Creepy. The faces are a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my my little cousin is he's a senior in high school. Which, by the way, he I told Jake this, but Thomas Lynn, I'm bragging on my little cousin real quick. He plays lacrosse. He's a senior. Okay. And he scored five goals. And had an assist in his like first opening season game, and he didn't play like the last fifteen minutes. Wow, that's so. Impressive. Someone in the family had to get athletics genes. It was not you. Was not me. Anyways, let's hop back to basketball. Um, talk around the SEC a little bit, guys. And I have a question for you guys. Let's hear it. I'm listening. Is Arkansas becoming the new Alabama in terms of confusing? <laughs> no. No. Not even close. No. Okay. Reason why is I think they're a very solid team, and I mean going on the road, SEC play is challenging anyway. And I mean this. Oh all, yeah, that hostile environment of the empty Coleman Coliseum. It's so dull in there. I think it just makes it hard to win. It just makes you just develop temporary depression. Yeah, there was actually a, a good crowd for that game. I mean Alabama, as much as they don't sell out Coleman Coliseum, they actually do pack it out for a few a few games every okay. year. Okay. When Auburn went there, it was a very it, was, it got loud. It got pretty loud at times. Yeah. Pretty big game on Tuesday, February 15th. We had the number four Kentucky Wildcats travel to number 16 Tennessee in Knoxville. And um, Tennessee just kind of, uh, despite this final score, kind of thumped Kentucky. I don't oh, know. no. They, they still won by 13. That's a thump. That's a solid thumping. I, I don't know why we're talking about this game, though, because Tata Washington got hurt and didn't play, so I don't think this God, game counts. I forgot. I forgot. Hey, Jake, if you fail your te- if you failed that media law test, the, it's, it's because Ty Ty Washington's, Ty Washington's hurt, it's by the way. It's Ty Washington's yeah. fault. I didn't fail it because Ty Ty got hurt. Exactly. Ty Ty's healthy. You get 110 on that. Oh, exam. absolutely. <laughs> no, no doubt in my mind. Question about about Kentucky. Now, now this is a statement of fact. Auburn up is up two games in the standings on Kentucky with – I think what we would like to call a favorable schedule to close out the season. Yeah, they've got, you know, no games easy in the SEC, especially when you go on the road. Still have to go on the road at at Florida this weekend, Tennessee next weekend, and Mississippi State the Wednesday before the final game at Auburn Arena, as it will be known, Auburn Arena. And I think that the time has now come that we can start. How comfortable are you guys feeling about Auburn winning the SEC? Uh, hundred percent. I said uh, this. Yeah. I said this after the Kentucky win. Auburn already won the SEC. Yeah, it was. It came to the point to the winner of that game was winning the SEC. Um, but I mean, now that Kentucky's lost to Tennessee, I mean, I, you can basically secure the bag because 
I mean, they also have the head-to-head against Kentucky, too. So. Well, well, the head-to-head doesn't is, matter. Yeah, well, so it doesn't matter, but it'll matter in, like, seeding for the SEC. It will matter in seeding for the SEC. It will give Auburn yeah. the one seed. I still – it doesn't make any sense to me how, like, you can't be the outright winner when – I'd understand, like, if you've each played each other um, twice and it got split one and one. Yeah. But you play each other one time, there's one winner. Why can't you do that outright? It's, it's one of those things the SEC really needs to work on changing. But question for you guys for the field. Team that you think outside of uh, the what we presume to be Auburn, uh, team that can make the most noise either coming down the stretch through the SEC tournament or make the most noise in in terms of the NCAA tournament come March I have, in the SEC. I have – I am I want to say I have – yeah, I have two. I want to say three, but I have two. Arkansas – and if Alabama decides to play well all of a sudden. Really? Yes. It's very possible. I, just, I think that Alabama is just with their track record they've had this season, with the teams that they beat, in the places that they beat the most of the time. You know, outside of the, they're going to make the tournament. They're, go, they're in the tournament. They're projecting a five seed right now. I just I think if they get the right matchups, I think they can make a very decent run, especially in the NCAA tournament. Ceiling Sweet 16 or Elite 8? Sweet 16, Elite 8 at most. Um I mean, it, it all depends on matchups. And your other team is Kentucky? Ar- it's Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. You I, I think Kentucky's kind of – we expect them to be a, a, yeah. a solid team there. Um, I think Arkansas – I think they're a top 15 team in this country. I don't think anyone can tell me differently. I think the way that they play, I think who they have on their team, I think they just have a complete roster. I mean, you saw it in the Auburn game when Auburn went there and lost. I think well, they just, Was Tata Washington hurt when Auburn lost? Sadly not. Okay, so like that that win count, that yeah, loss that, counts. That loss counts, but Zep wasn't playing, so therefore the loss doesn't count. So we're that's good. right. You're right. They're good. Right, Thomas Lynn. All right, so we're doing just SEC teams. SEC teams making waves. Um, so my first one, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Arkansas. I mean, okay, they've got depth. They can shoot from the outside. They can. They got bigs on the inside, so they can they can play with anybody, and they'll make it challenging. Very solid team. Very well coached. The other team is I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I think they're probably the which isn't a sh- big shocker. Sorry, my face was just because I had a hiccup. Because they are they're the third highest ranked team in the SEC, but they they probably have the second most depth in the SEC. And we all know when tournament play comes, that's what really matters and hits a lot, especially when you're playing. I mean, at the least, if you make it to the championship, three days. If you're a top four seed, other than, other than that, you're playing four, possibly five days in a row. If you try and make it all the way, I say Tennessee was going to be my third team. I'm with you. I'm with both of you guys. I think that we kind of have three teams. As I said I limited it to two. I should have said three because I think that we all agree there are three teams that will probably make noise. LSU um, could too. I don't know about so, that one. Uh, I think LSU's not making the NCAA tournament this year. They will be a bubble team at best. I like. I, I mean, I, I think Kentucky obviously is the given. Uh, and, and I'm kind of with you, Thomas Lynn, with Tennessee and Arkansas, and I just kind of don't want to, you know, hound on this too much because you guys have pretty much covered my bases here. I will say, if Eric Musselman's team is playing the way it should and, the, and to its abilities, Arkansas can play ball with anybody on any day. Yep. Um, I, I, I think personally – I, I like them out of the field 
to of the rest of the SEC to go deeper than Tennessee or Kentucky. You know what's great about college basketball? Guess who plays on Saturday? Tennessee and Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> Just speaking of them. That's that's why I mentioned in uh, my show on Wednesday that that is the game of the week. It is the game SEC. of the week. Sure. That one, I mean, there's so many good games this weekend, but we'll hit on that after the break. Yes, we will. Let's let's n- another good question here. Biggest disappointments in the SEC this year. Uh, number one, Alabama. I was gonna say Alabama. Yeah, Al- Alabama. I think is the outright number one. I agree. Um, I think LSU is a close second. Yeah. Those are, those are the top two. But I mean, when you've got some of the talent that they have brought in through the transfer portal, through recruiting. And the upside that they had coming into the season and starting off beating Gonzaga, beating Houston, getting a top five ranking, and then just losing to unranked teams that you should be beating handedly, not in, not out, giving Georgia their only SEC win of the season. I mean, I'm honestly shocked they're ranked 25. I know they have some big wins against Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, um, but those, those losses just stand out, and if they lose this weekend, they're already the ten losses on the season. I like I, I like that 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 decision with Bama being the biggest disappointment. I think I would agree. I mean, there are other one the other teams though that are that are worth talking about. No, there is. I, I'm going to start at the bottom of the of the of the conference standings. Not with Georgia. I think that none, nobody really expected Georgia to be good this year. Ole Miss is a whole lot worse than I think any of us thought they were. They just wasn't a whole lot of talent. They lost a lot of pieces um, from the past couple of seasons. We've got some injuries now. Yeah, I mean you've got you got to consider Deshaun Ruffin hasn't really played played very well, and he's easily their best player, and he's been out for the past couple of weeks. The other one I'd go with is A and M. That's exactly I mean, who I was about yeah. to say. Started off what four and zero in the SEC play, had Kentucky at their house, and almost gave gave them a game, lost yeah. by just a few, and then. Lost what seven, eight straight games. Eight straight, yeah. Before they picked up the win against Florida on Tuesday night, I think yeah. it was. That leads me into the next one. Florida has been a disappointment this year. I don't think entirely. Um, I I I think at least a lot of people in the AP and the media and that kind of national media sphere all had high hopes for Florida. I think if you looked at their roster outside of Castleton, there wasn't a lot of production coming back from the season prior. They lost a few good pieces as well to transporter or through the draft. I just they were kind of always a mid table team in the SEC in my eyes. I agree. But, I could I could see them having maybe one or two more wins, but there's just not much talent on that team. There's they, they, no shooting. They still are a bubble team for the NCAA tournament. Though. I'd agree. Another another team that if if they play their cards right, bubble team in the for the NCAA tournament. Mississippi State. I think we all kind of thought they were going to be a little better than they are. I mean, I think I think they were still always going to be a mid-table SEC team. What are they? They're thirteenth or or twelfth or eleven in the team or conference rate? Uh, they're ninth. Ninth. Okay, I was a little off. Sorry for that one. It's all good. You're yeah. close. I mean, yeah. I mean, mid, it's, mid, it's still mid, just a mid-table attack. team. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing about the SEC is, especially this season and a couple of seasons past, like it's just deep. It's yeah. It's the deepest. Of the, I think it's the deepest the SEC's ever been is this year, especially this season. Yeah. So. Out of those teams we just named, which team, because most of those teams are we playing on the second day, um, which of those teams do you see they have to get one, possibly two wins to make the NCAA tournament? 
out of those teams, who do you think will be able to get it done? LSU. I think Florida is the only one that really has a realistic chance to make the NCAA tournament out of all those teams. I think Florida needs to Florida, make- need, Florida needs to win at least – they need a close game against Auburn or to win against Auburn on Saturday, and they need to pick up a win against Arkansas. At, I think it's their second-to-last game of the season. And they need to make a little noise in the SEC tournament. Yeah. So – Good, good conversation around the SEC. We're going to talk more around the league on the other side of the two-minute break. I'm going to go a little bit early to the break so we can get in, and we're going to try to get off the air about 12.55 since there is a show after us. And we'll make all of our pick We're going to have a full 10, 12 minutes to talk about each game. And, uh, well, you know, not each game, but you know, you know what I meant. Thank you for listening to TNT in the Morning. Don't you turn that dial. We'll be back in two minutes for the last block of the show today. We'll see you guys on the other side of this PSA break. Welcome back. Welcome back to TNT in the morning. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined as always by Thomas Lynn Murphy, joined today by Jake Gonzalez. And I think opening the door to the studio right now is Weagle Director of Sports, Jacob Hillman. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good, good. How are you, man? I'm happy to be on with you guys right now. Dude, yeah, we got a, we got a, we got a good 15 minutes to talk. We're about to make our SEC pick'ems around okay. Uh, Saturday. Okay. Is that cool with you? Of course. So, hey, there's one Friday night game tonight, too. There, oh, there is a Friday night Ooh, game. And a Sunday game. Spicy. Oh, weird. Wait, are they playing COVID, back to back? It's a COVID makeup. Okay. Oh, I love late uh, SEC schedule games like these. It's just so super cringe. Yeah. So Pretty they're much. playing each other. Wednesday night games, switching Sunday locations. games. Yep. So I guess we'll start with uh, Friday's game. And we, we've kind of built the show this week, uh, Hillman. We actually had Noah Griffith on for the first hour. Okay. So got to talk to Noah about his work with the Plainsman during the first half. Talked about how Auburn basketball is decent this year. And, I would say we're pretty good. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, meh. But uh, <laughs> it's an okay team. It's an okay team. So now we're going to go through, and we've built enough time that we're actually able to talk a little bit about every game um, through the SEC schedule. So we're going to go around and grab your picks, too, if that's cool. Go for it. So we're going to start with tomorrow's Friday night game. That game's going to be at 6 o'clock on SEC Network. The Missouri Tigers will travel to Starkville, Mississippi, to take on the, I guess, struggling Mississippi State Bulldogs, just middle of the road, super average. If you want to go, you can get in for $7. It's so. $2 on Sunday. Two dollars on Sunday. Mm. What a steal. Columbia, Missouri. How about that? You want to make a drive? You know, I don't. <laughs> Neither do I. But uh, I appreciate you offering. Anyways, hey, we'll, if, if we'll you're start driving, with, I'll go. <laughs> well, <since laughs> probably we, not. <laughs> since we threw them on the hot seat, let's go ahead and start with you, Hillman. Yeah, I, I like Mississippi State in this game. You, you say they're middle of the road, but I think at home they are above average. Whereas on the road, they're zero and seven on the road this season. So I think that's where the difference maker is for Mississippi State being at the hump. Give me the Bulldogs and Iverson Molinaire. Right uh, on. Yeah, I, I think I agree pretty much exactly what, with what you said. I think this is just a horrible basketball game that it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. right. You get to see it twice this weekend. Yeah, you get to see it twice. It's just not going to be good basketball. Give me the home team. Give me the Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mississippi State on this one. Even though they've been cold, I've got them coming out on top. Missouri, Last the last two times I've picked Missouri to win a basketball game, I've been correct. I'm not picking Missouri to win this basketball game, so give me good call. Good call. <laughs> give me, give me the dogs at home. Let's let's see. Auburn's smack in the middle of the schedule, which makes it super awkward for me. So we'll go top to bottom, but we're going to skip Auburn. That's what I did. <laughs> we're going to start at the twelve o'clock time slot. That is Central Time on CBS. If you want to pay one hundred nine bucks, you can go watch the most wild team, the Alabama Crimson Tide, number twenty five in the country, take on number four Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Thomas Lynn Murphy, who are you taking here? I'm going to go Kentucky on this one. I think they just have too much talent compared to Alabama. And being in Rupp Arena, that uh, environment will be insane. 
I've got Kentucky as well. I mean, even with Ty Ty being out in this game, I think Kentucky will. Well, if, if, if Kentucky loses, it doesn't count. Yeah, True. With, with, with well, I haven't I haven't heard the, the official word on whether or not Ty Ty will be out for this game. But if um, they lose, Ty Ty was probably hurt. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, but I I think Alabama or Kentucky. My bad, I can't speak. <laughs> Kentucky will win this basketball game. I think Alabama keeps this close. I mean, last time they played in Coleman, Alabama went like three for 30 from three, some something crazy like that, 10%. So I think that more threes fall for them this game, but I think the environment will be too much and Kentucky will get the win. Sheboy's going to have a big game. I I don't know that uh, Alabama's got anyone that can really play toe-to-toe with Oscar Sheboy. Um, and also, it's hard to win at Rupp Arena, guys. It's, that's a, one of the toughest environments in college basketball. I like Kentucky. I kind of like them a lot, unless – Ty Ty's out, and then I like them by a little. <laughs> but, I like uh, them just slightly less. I like them slightly less, and the game doesn't count anyways. It's a no contest. So um, t- give me the Cats at home uh, at Rupp Arena in Lexington. Continuing on the 12 o'clock time slot, man, this game is just ugly. Noon SEC Network, for $4, you can get into the Stegman Coliseum in Athens, Georgia to watch the Second to last, Ole Miss Rebels take on the last place UGA Bulldogs. This might be a good basketball game. I think it will be a good basketball game, and I think Georgia gets their second SEC win of the year because Ole Miss is just kind of depleted. They have several players out for the year. So I'm going to go with Georgia on the upset at home. Okay. I I agree. I'm liking the home teams this week. Give me the Georgia Bulldogs. Okay, Hillman. At, at this point, I'm picking Ole Miss because I want Georgia to have one SEC win this year and that win be against Alabama. So give me the Rebels on the road. Okay. I absolutely hate watching Ole Miss play basketball because I hate the 1 3 1. And I, I, that's no diss to Kermit Davis. I just don't like the 1 3 1 at all. And I know Jake loves it. I love the one. If you play a 1 3 1 right, it's so hard to beat. Let's start running it at the wreck. Anyways, so. <laughs> I'm going to take the dogs at home to get their second SEC win, and all 17 students will go crazy at that game. So, is there is there a Dominique Wilkins jersey giveaway this time? I don't think so. No. Give, okay, that's unfortunate. No, but yeah, they do that for the. But the, game? you know they what? Did, yeah. You know what? The game's that. at noon. They might have the Kentucky game on the screen. People might go to watch Kentucky. True. People do show up places to see Kentucky. Correct. Even when Kentucky may not be in that arena. Correct. Or if Kentucky might, the game might not count because. Ty Ty Washington might be The Georgia game might not count if Ty Ty Washington's hurt. True. Just just thinking about it. Do any of these games count if Ty Ty Washington is hurt? Uh, You know what? This weekend's a no contest. It's a wash. It's a wash. wash. Chalk it up. You've heard of a COVID COVID cancellation. Have you heard of a Ty Ty cancellation? All right. Dropping down to the 230 time slot because we're skipping over Auburn. The LSU Bayou Bengals will travel to Columbia, South Carolina. If you want to get into that game, it's $13, 2.30 p.m. SEC Network. Jacob Hillman, who are you taking? Yeah, I like the Tigers. Uh, South Carolina's. Uh, I, I put them at the bottom of the barrel, but I think LSU's going to keep getting better as the end of the season comes. I think their best basketball is yet to come. There you go. Uh, I, I, just, I like Frank Martin too much. I think he's too good of a coach. Give me the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, this Friends. is a must-win game for LSU because if LSU loses this game, they're immediately on the bubble, on the fringe of not making the tournament. But with the win, there. with the yeah. win, they'll get to 20 wins on the year. So I'm going to go with the Tigers to get to that 20 win mark this weekend. I like the Bayou Bengals on the road, but I like it close, uh, just because Will Wade's team just does not know how to play away from Baton Rouge, and sometimes they don't know how to play in Baton Rouge. So. Give me LSU by like four. That 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 feel right? It's fair. Dropping down to the three o'clock time slot. This is the SEC game of the week. Yes, it is. And no doubt. 
Number 16, Tennessee is going to travel to Fayetteville, Arkansas, number 23 in the country, Razorbacks. Take us to that game, 99 bucks at Bud Walton Arena. What Place should be rocking. I'm going to go first. I never go first. Ooh. I know. Uh, woo, pig, suey, give me the hogs. It's a hard place to play, man. I'm going to go Arkansas on this one. Uh, one reason, just being at home. But I think they're going to have a bounce-back game from uh, losing in a heartbreaker at the end to Alabama. But I like – it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a really good game to watch. I like Arkansas as well in this game. I think Bud Walton is going to be too tough of a place to play. It will be a close game. Tennessee – Found a little bit of offensive stroke recently, but I think they will get humbled just a bit in this crazy arena that is Bud Walton. I like Tennessee's guards better than Arkansas's guards. Therefore, I'm picking Tennessee on the road, and I think it's just going to make the next weekend's Auburn-Tennessee game just an absolute insane atmosphere and monumental matchup for the SEC title race. I like that. That's fair. Make things even yeah. bigger. I love it. Make, 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 put it on the biggest stage. Why not, right? Sliding down to the 5 o'clock time slot, SEC Network. For $12, you can get to the Memorial Gymnasium at Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee, when the Texas A&M Aggies take on the hometown Commodores in what might be the most cringe and gross game of the week. Um, Not true. Yeah, Georgia Ole Miss. There you go. You're right. Or Mississippi State, Missouri times two. Don't worry. We're about to get to that one after this. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there next. Let's start with Gonzalez because why not? I like Texas A&M. I think, I think that whenever Florida on the midweek, I think it's just going to boost their confidence. They've been playing well against some of these other teams in the middle of their SEC stretch, especially when they lost the last eight games before this one over Florida. I just think Texas A&M is going to be too much for Vandy and Scottie Pippen's son. Yes. <laughs> on to, let's do Hillman next. Why I, not? I, I like the Aggies too. I mean, I don't know. That's some confidence to build up after a win against Florida after a lot of losses in a row, a lot of losses in a row, eight to be exact. And I just don't think Vanderbilt can really – they're a one-man show. Like we say, Scotty Pippen's son. That's all it is. Right. Thomas Lynn? Um, I think Vandy is a lot better than the record shows. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Vandy at home. Um, Scotty Pippen Jr., I mean, heck of a player and stuff. And the future – is looking bright at Vandy. You took my freaking line. I hate you so much. <laughs> now I'm taking Texas A&M. That was the only reason I was going to take Vandy. Uh, yeah, now I'm taking Texas A&M, and my show co-host is getting fired for taking my uh, my line that I'm certain I will use in the future. So, mm. Mm, so not would, you, would you say that your future is bright? I would say that I can envision myself in the future wearing some Gucci flip-flops. Anyways, moving on to the Sunday game. We've got Mississippi State traveling to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers, and you can get in that game. Like Hillman said, for $4, I'm taking the hometown Tigers because cringe. Well, I mean, yeah, Mississippi State's 0-7 on the road. It's not going to change anytime. (laughs) Give me Missouri. Come on. I'm going to make this quick, simple. It literally exactly what Hillman just said. Missouri. I'm I'm going Missouri on this one, too. Now let's go to a fun game uh, for our listeners here on Weagle 91.1 FM. The number two Auburn Tigers will travel to Gainesville, Florida on Saturday. That game's going to be at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time on ESPN. If you want a last-second ticket, 90 bucks to get in Zach Tech Arena at Stephen O'Connell Center. I'll be there. Another witness. Got to be a witness. second guest we've had that's a witness this week. That, that, that's a good thing because we want to see a lot of Auburn witnesses down there because I think Coach Pearl was talking about on Tiger Talk last night. We don't see a lot of that down in Florida, and we haven't won there since 1996. Yeah. How many of us were alive then? None of us. Uh, no. None of us. No, sadly not. So we want to see Auburn win at Florida for the first time ever. 
Who you got in that ball game? And give me give me a score, Hillman. I, I'm taking the Tigers. I think Auburn wins it. Uh, score wise, seventy four seventy two. Like that. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Auburn has not scored over 80 points, but one time in the last 13 years, Auburn will not get over 80 in this game. I'm going to go about 73-70 Auburn. Yeah, Florida is known as for their defense, great defensive team, playing at home. I do have Auburn breaking that drought and getting the win, but it's going to be, I'm going to say it's going to be like 75 to like 69. Nice. 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 We are going to have to just not publish this episode. <laughs> Anyways. Especially when uh, Mississippi State gets its first road win of the season on Sunday. Yeah. yeah that's that's going to be a tough it's look. It's going to be a us. bad look mm. on all of us. Tough look. Well, I guess that leaves me to pick the Auburn-Florida game. And uh, we went around the table for people picking Auburn, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do the thing again where I'm making people mad because I tend to jinx Auburn. But I'm taking Auburn. I like Auburn 81-72. I like them. I like them in in convincing fashion. I think that Wednesday was a get right game against Vanderbilt. We now know that I think Bruce, uh, Bruce Pearl has been has has known this. I think Jabari Smith now knows how good he is. So there's you that, think so? I you think, think Jabari, I, you, you think, think Jabari so? thinks he's good. Do you, do you guys ever just think that Jabari surprises himself? Probably. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when I he shot that. that logo three, I I was surprised to be yeah. honest. <laughs> so I think that this is this is really a this is who we are game and, and an opportunity for Auburn to really go get that win. First time since, like you said, 96 in the, in the swamp for or whatever you want to call it in, in Gainesville. The O-Dome. Sure. Cool. Hook them. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I like Auburn to win this one in, in kind of convincing fashion. I already forgot my score. I know I had them by nine. Uh, I think it's at 81. 81-72. Yeah. 81-72 should be a big opportunity for the Tigers. If you're traveling to Gainesville this weekend, stay safe. Make sure that everybody is, I guess acting responsibly be a good representation of who you are. Don't act responsibly. I'm getting a head shake no from Jacob Hillman. Um, if I've been instructed per the president of the jungle to say this, this is me as an unbiased journalist. I'm relaying information per press release from the president's desk. If you are there, be absolutely ridiculously loud. Make sure everybody's safe. Have a great weekend. On behalf of myself, my co-host Thomas Lynn Murphy, Jake Gonzalez, and Jacob Hillman, thank you guys for joining us today. We will see you guys same place, same time next week right here on TNT in the Morning, Weagle 91.1 FM. On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.